What is happening, everybody? Welcome to episode 21 of Rookie Mistakes, November 5th. We are now in November. No shave November, I just realized today. I unfortunately shaved yesterday, so I think I kind of lost out on that one for the month. Really excited. We're getting closer and closer to Christmas. Almost time to start playing that Michael Buble Christmas album every single day. Really excited. That's really all I have to look forward to as far as holidays go because I'm in Japan, so no Thanksgiving. So it's going to be quite a while until I have another holiday. I thought today on the episode I would do another travel guide. So today we are going to be talking about Prague. But first, before I get into that, few things. There was a story last week. I thought it was the most hilarious thing ever. I think it's most likely the best troll of 2018. I couldn't believe that it was actually a thing. Justin Bieber apparently eats a burrito the improper way. Imagine holding your hands out like you're begging for money, like both hands are together, right? And then think of a burrito being horizontally in your hands and then just putting your hands up to your face and eating that burrito. So there's a photo that came out about that very thing. It was a photo of Justin Bieber in the park eating this burrito like a alien as if he's never eaten a burrito before in his life. And it was this news story. It was on a bunch of news networks. It was talked about and turns out that it was actually not Justin Bieber. There's this YouTube channel. It's called Yes Theory. And what this YouTube channel is, is basically what it sounds like, is that these guys say yes to pretty much anything. And the whole point of the channel is for them to basically show you what's possible if you're willing to just attempt it. So this is kind of not what the channel is known for, but they are the ones behind this fake Justin Bieber. The video came out, I think, last week on YouTube. So I just thought that was the most hilarious thing ever because the fact that it was that easy <laughs> for them to just completely fool everyone i just i can't even believe it i think it was this last tuesday and i discovered mold on my closet or on my dresser it was on top of the dresser kind of everywhere and then it was also on the the uh the doors to the dresser so it was not that bad to where I couldn't clean it. I was able to wipe it all off. So I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I didn't want to mention it to the people that own this share house that I'm staying at. But what ended up happening is I came home Tuesday night and me being the dumb dumb that I am, I forgot to close the screen to the window. Like I had the window open, but I didn't close the screen. So the window was wide open. So I get back into my room, turn on the light and there's a freaking lizard on my wall just chilling there and I had a little freak out didn't scream or anything but I was like oh this is going to be a freaking mess trying to get this lizard out of here so I proceeded to take 45 minutes to catch this lizard it was quite the struggle it kept going under my bed and then it finally ran behind this dresser right so I had to see where it was behind the dresser, which meant that I actually got a look at the dresser from the back and come to find that there is a ton more mold on the back of the dresser. So that is something that I can't really clean off because it seems like it's 
seeped into the the wood. So I let the share house know and someone's supposed to come clean it today actually. Hopefully it can all be cleaned off because if not, then they better get rid of the dresser because I'm not breathing that in. I was sick, if you guys remember, for like two weeks and I had a cough. I just wouldn't go away and I couldn't figure out why. I thought it was just because I was sleeping very poorly. I had bad sleep habits, but I think that is the culprit. I think because I was sick and my immune system was weakened, breathing in that mold definitely didn't help the cough. And I think that's why it took so long to go away. So we finally found out what the cause was. I don't know if this is a sign or anything from God. Maybe the universe was helping me out, but that's one of those moments where you, it just it just seems so weird because... I discovered the mold on the dresser, right? And I didn't think anything of it. And then I find all the mold in the back that night because of this lizard. So props to the lizard. I did let it go. It is alive. It is healthy. It is well. Hashtag don't come after me, PETA. What else happened? I feel like there is one other thing that I wanted to talk about before I got into Prague. And I don't recall what it is. So let's just get into it then. Prague. Now, when I went to Prague, it was not a planned country or planned city, I should say. I had no intention of really going there. Originally, I was supposed to go to Dublin for St. Patrick's Day, but one of the mistakes that I made, which I learned from after the fact, is that the prices for the hostels were just absolutely insane as you could imagine because of St. Patrick's Day but I didn't think of that for whatever reason because from that point on I was booking hostels pretty close to when I was actually going to the country so because I did that for Dublin I noticed really late that the prices were just it was like $60 a night and I think I planned on staying there for a week or so. I just couldn't do that, man. So I thought, okay, well, I guess I'm gonna have to go to a different country now, right? So thankfully with Ryanair, I was able to change my ticket. All that I had to do was find a flight where it was similar in price and then also where the time was the same and then the flight was also the same day that I was supposed to be going to to Dublin. So it ended up working out that I found a flight to Prague. So I thought, you know what, whatever, YOLO, I'm just going to go to Prague. So I didn't plan anything at all in advance. I ended up staying in Prague for five nights. And let's just say to start the trip off, it was not a good situation. This was in March. It was March 13th to the 17th. So it was pretty cold, but I don't remember if I told this story. I'm just going to tell it again because I think it's one of the more difficult experiences I have had traveling and it's something I had to deal with in the moment and kind of just pray that things would get better. So I got to Prague at 1130 or so at night and I was really worried because I didn't want to wake anyone up, right? I figured people would be asleep. This is going to be a pain in the butt because how am I going to shower and how am I going to put all my stuff away without waking anyone up, especially if I without a light or anything like that. Of course, this hostel was probably the worst hostel ever because entering the actual room, they had a, a double door thing going on. They had one door that was made out of glass and then they had the actual door. So I opened the door I'm trying to get in there. I'm, I have this huge bag on my back. 
I have the one glass door open and then I open the main door. So I get into the, the room. Of course, I end up losing hold of the glass door. So I slam that and that makes a huge noise, right? So I'm just like, okay, well, that's great. And then I go to turn a little bit to close the door, the main door. And I turn with my bag and my bag hits this giant mirror <laughs> on the wall. So that knocks off of the nail that it's hanging from and it starts to fall and I'm able to grab it with my back kind of and just like like squeeze my back against the wall with the mirror so I'm holding up this mirror with my back I have this huge bag in my in my arm like my luggage and everything and then I'm still holding the door open so that makes another huge noise and I'm just like at this point I'm just like oh my god this is literally the worst thing that can happen these people are gonna wake up so the room's really dark, I can't see anything, and I'm looking around being absolutely frozen, just hoping no one's gonna pop up and be awake. And as my eyes start to adjust to the the darkness, I notice that it doesn't really look like anyone's actually in the room. So I just decide, you know what, I'm just screw it, I'm gonna try it out, and I turn on the light hoping no one's in there, and lo and behold, there's no one in the room, thank God. The downside though, Light goes on, the room is disgusting, there's clothes everywhere, there's empty alcohol bottles everywhere, there's like half-eaten food, there's a half-eaten apple, there's bags of chips completely empty, there's just crap everywhere on the floor, right? So I'm just like, oh my god, this is finally it, I'm gonna have one of those hostile experiences that's gonna be just absolutely awful. So I see that there's stuff on my bed, the bed looks like it's been laid in like the the sheets and everything are kind of ruffled and things and nothing so it just looks like someone's been in the bed there's a phone charger in my bed the bathroom is actually in the room so it's it's a six bed room and then the bathroom is just right against one of the walls so we have that bathroom to share for all six of us so that was just like awful so i start freaking out in my head and i'm like this is not this is not something I can deal with. I do not want to deal with this. The, this is going to be the worst thing ever. And I'm thinking like five days dealing with this hellhole. And that's kind of the danger with with hostels. And you, you, you pray and you cross your fingers that it's not going to end up being the case. But you don't actually know what a hostel is going to be like. You can look at all the pictures you want in the world, but you're really not going to know until you're actually there. So it's always risky to book a place for a long period of days or to book a place even for a short amount of time. Because if you book for a short amount of time, let's say, and you really like it, well, maybe there's not going to be any room available to extend your stay. And then at the same time, if you book it for an extended period of time, like I did for the five days, it might end up being really bad. And then you're kind of stuck there. So I'm just debating at this point, what am I going to do? I didn't even shower. I didn't do anything. I just, I get in bed. I change my clothes, get in bed, lay down. I huddle up in my, in my sleep liner so I don't have to touch anything because I'm just grossed out at this point with this bed in this room. So I'm just debating what do I want to do. Two, three o'clock, I don't remember exactly, but two or three a.m. rolls around and these people come back. The lights are off. I'm still awake, but... I obviously didn't want to be like, oh, hey, guys, right when they got back at two or three in the morning with the lights off. So I'm just pretending that I'm asleep, even though I'm not. I'm fully awake. And it ends up being four people. Two of them go into the bathroom and start smoking. I don't know if they're smoking cigarettes or smoking weed. I just smell smoke. So they have the shower on and they're smoking. 
and I can smell it through the bathroom and I'm just thinking to myself, oh my God, I got to get out of here. And then the other two, they start having a good time. We'll just say they start enjoying each other's company. I'll just put it that way in the bed. I can hear it and everything like that. So I, once again, I'm just I'm just trying to play. I'm, I'm playing dead at this point, right? I don't want them to know that I'm awake. And I'm just, I'm literally having a meltdown in my head. I don't even know if a meltdown is the right word, maybe more of a panic attack. I don't really know, but I'm not enjoying it to say the least, like this whole experience so far. And I tell myself, I got to get out of here, regardless of if I can get my money back or not, I'll just eat the cost and I need to find another hostel because there's no way I can do this for five days. I wake up the next day and I finally get a view of my fellow roommates, these four people. They end up being college students. Two of them are English and two of them are French. It was really funny because the two English people were really good friends. And then the two French people were really good friends. It was a guy and a girl for both English and French. But the the English guy was with the French girl and then the French guy was with the English girl. It was just it was funny how that all worked out. So they were dating each other right there in college. I started talking to them right away. They were really cool, to be honest, and they were apologetic about the room and stuff like that. I decided I'm just going to make the best of it and stay in the room. And they really were like really cool. I ended up hanging out with them. One of the nights they always invited me to stuff, even though I declined most of the time. And they were just really cool people. They were, I want to say they were in their I think they were probably 20 or 21. So, you know, pretty young, just just living the dream on break. I think they had a break mid-semester or whatever in, from the college and they were just traveling around Europe. So just living the dream, you know, having a good time. What can you really, can you really fault them? So that was the start to Prague, which was a challenge to say the least, but I ended up dealing with that. And so with that, let's get into Prague. As always, I'm going to start off with the food because that is my favorite part. So I have five recommendations for restaurants and then one for dessert as a general rule of thumb in Prague. First restaurant, it's called Las Adelitas. It's in the main square of Prague. You have free Wi-Fi at the restaurant if you ask for the password. And as you could imagine by the name, it is Mexican food pretty solid. I had that my first day there and it's a high-rated Mexican restaurant. So if you're in the mood for Mexican food, there's your Mexican fix. Next restaurant or more of a fast food joint, I should say, it's called Bagatari Boulevard. This place is fast food, but it's healthy fast food. It's all sandwiches and then they have french fries and different sides. I have to say it's probably the best fast food sandwich I've ever had in my life. So think of Jersey Mike's, think of Subway, think of Quiznos, think of Togo's, whatever fast food sandwich restaurant there is. I didn't really understand the menu because it was all in Czech. So I ended up ordering the wrong thing than what I wanted, but it was very good. So ended up really liking that. The bread was pumpkin seed bread. And then it was cheddar cheese with some vegetables and then this type of some type of sauce. And it, it was, oh man, it was so good. Just thinking about it, I can actually remember what it was like tasting it. Very good. The fries are amazing. Free Wi-Fi there as well. It's really cheap. It's quick. 
definitely check that out if you need a quick meal. Something they have that's pretty cool is they have a chef menu that changes throughout the year. I'd imagine from the time I was there to now, it's probably different, but they have a chef menu and the influence is from all the different countries. So for example, right now, if you go on their website, it's an English inspired menu. And then before that, it was a French inspired menu. So they have some pretty sweet takes on sandwiches. The next three restaurants, these are all must-have restaurants in my opinion. Third restaurant, it's called Pizzeria Comotra. That's K-M-O-T-R-A. And this is an Italian restaurant. The pizza was so amazing. I loved it. I had the Primavera pizza, which is basically just a vegetarian type pizza. It had spinach on it, peppers, Abergine, I think is what it's called, just other stuff like that. It is kind of outside of the city center, so keep that in mind. But it's once again a really high rated restaurant. And if you need an Italian fix, there's your Italian fix. So we got you covered with Italian and Mexican. The next restaurant, this one I would say is if you're going to go to any restaurant in Prague, this is the one that you absolutely want to go to. It's called Cafe Louvre just like the museum. The problem with this restaurant is it's so popular with tourists that the wait is pretty ridiculous. Expect to wait at least an hour, most likely, depending on when you go. I think I didn't wait that long because I was by myself as always. Also, the service was really slow. It's probably the slowest service I've ever had actually in my entire life. And that was just because it was so crowded. There were so many people to deal with and the servers were very apologetic about it and they were aware that the service was slow so I didn't really think it was a big deal but this restaurant is great 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 food the desserts are amazing as well I ended up finding this restaurant later in the trip so I didn't have the opportunity to go to it again but if I had found it early in the trip I definitely would have went to it more than once I think it isn't that pricey as well the prices were pretty good and like i said the food's delicious it's kind of your more of the white tablecloth dining atmosphere but at the same time it's not like you have to dress up or anything like that just think you know of all the tourists not really a big deal so that is the restaurant you want to check out if any at all the next restaurant is in czech so I don't know how to pronounce it, but we're going to attempt here. It's called Lokal Jubil Kuzeltki. Kuzeltki. That's L-O-K-A-L space U space B-I-L-E space K-U-Z-E-L-K-Y. This is a place you can go to get a traditional Czech meal. Once again, very high rated, very popular. It is pretty crowded all the time. I was able to once again get in after about 45 minutes or so waiting because I was by myself. So that was nice because I really wanted to try this place. And I think I did try it my last night there. So I absolutely had to go that day or else I would have missed out on it. So this restaurant is a chain where there's seven of the restaurants throughout the city. They all start with locale. So it's locale and then it's the name is like based on whatever the location is. Like I said, you can get a traditional Czech meal. They have free Wi-Fi as well, which is always nice. What I got was the beef and bread dumplings. That's what I would recommend. 
what it was was two slices of beef. They really didn't give you that much beef. Kind of a uh, a poor man's portion of beef. If you're trying to get that protein, this probably isn't the place to go. But if you want to carb load, oh my, this is the place to carb load, man. So you get beef, you get these two slices of beef, and it's covered in gravy. And then you have different options as the side. But what I got was bread dumplings. And really all that is, is this bread. I just think of a slice of bread, but it's it's really soft and it's super hot, like fresh out of the oven or wherever they make it. You can wrap them in little balls if you want, because it's, it's so soft. You can literally wrap it in a little ball. They give you this butter, but it's strawberry flavored butter. So what I would do is I take this bread dumpling this this slice of bread and I get this strawberry butter and I'd you know smear it across the bread and then I'd soak it in the gravy and oh it was just the it was the best thing ever and you can get as many servings of these bread dumplings as you want it's free and they also give you a lot of it with each serving so I think I got two servings and that was actually way too much because I wasn't able to really finish it I really had to struggle to try and finish the second serving of it so it's a good way to get full for a pretty cheap price that's also another place like highly highly recommend especially if you want a check meal a lot of the places in prague they serve pork knuckle and pork knuckle is a pretty traditional czech dish as well and so you'll see that advertised all over the city but that wasn't something i really wanted to try because it didn't look that good to me so i just went with this restaurant which is is very very traditional check like all the all the uh dishes on this on this menu are all traditional check meals so definitely check that out the last thing like i said this is a dessert and it's very general because you can find it anywhere in Prague. It's called the Tredelnik. T-R-D-E-L-N-I-K. So what this thing is, is it's a split cake. So think of layers of dough basically that are fried. And the thing that they do in Prague that's different from Hungary as well as Romania, you can find these things in Central Europe. So like I said, Czech Republic, Hungary, Romania, Slovakia, like you can find this Tretelnik in all those countries. But I wasn't able to find this in Romania or Hungary is with the Tretelniks in Prague, they actually put ice cream in them. And there's a ton of different flavored Tretelniks essentially that you can get. So they have ones with sprinkles, they have colored sprinkles, they have vanilla ice cream ones with um, chocolate sauce and strawberries. That's the one I ended up having. It was really good. I was able to actually only have one of them my entire five days there, which is really surprising to me now thinking about it because if I was there today, I definitely probably would have gotten one every day based on how much dessert I've been eating lately. But like I said, there's there's a million different places that sell these things and there's a million different options for different types of treadlenecks you can get. And it is kind of overwhelming because you're like, oh, what's going to be the best one, right? But I say, you know, keep it simple. Go with the one with vanilla ice cream, chocolate sauce, and strawberries and you'll enjoy it. They're delicious. They're not originally from 
the Czech Republic. I don't know specifically where they're from. I've read in some places it originated in Slovakia and other places I've read Hungary, which is where uh, the Czech Republic got it from. I've read that it there is a version of it in Greece. So there's just a, a jury. The jury's out, I guess you could say, for where it originated. That is going to be it for food. Next, we have sites. So these are the sites I'd recommend. Two of the sites I actually wasn't able to go to, so I can't speak to the actual experience. But to give you a quick rundown on the layout of Prague, Prague is pretty small. The main, I'd say, attraction point that you want to think of in terms of navigating the city is Charles Bridge. So that, if you've ever seen a picture of Prague, you've probably seen Charles Bridge before. It separates the lesser quarter from the old quarter and then or old town and the new town i guess you could say on one side of charles bridge which is called the lesser quarter this is the side where prague castle is on as well as petrin tower this side is less touristy there's a lot more tourists on the old town and new town side than the lesser quarter and the lesser quarter is a part of old town but it is specifically called the lesser quarter and this side is not by any means like like you hear that name right lesser quarter and you think oh it might not be as nice but i actually thought that this side of prague was a lot nicer than old town and new town so it's more of a quiet neighborhood type feel and then if you go on the other side of charles bridge you have old town which is where old town square is that's one of the main squares in prague and that's where you'll find the astronomical clock tower then after that you have Newtown. And Newtown is, as you'd imagine, it's more of the uh it's more of like the business district type area. Wenceslas Square is in Newtown. So that is just think think more modern buildings. It's not it doesn't have that, you know, that fairy tale feel that is so uh that Prague is so well known for. So that's kind of the rundown on that. Here's what I recommend to see. Wenceslas Square to start off. As I just mentioned, it's in Newtown. This is a pretty large square. I don't even know if you could really call call it a square. It's it's huge. And so at the end of that square is the National Museum. And then also this is where a lot of the shopping is. So if you're looking for, you know, the the department stores and you're into the shopping aspect, you're interested in exploring what shopping scene is available in the countries that you visit, that's where you want to go for shopping. The second place I'd recommend, the John Lennon Wall. Little history lesson with the John Lennon Wall. So as the name says the John Lennon wall is basically John Lennon inspired graffiti and lyrics from the Beatles songs that people would write up on this wall. It was just, it's just some random wall, right? And then it became this whole thing and it started in the 1980s and it was in response basically to the communist regime in what was then Czechoslovakia, I believe. So basically what happened was in the late 1980s, I want to say it was 1989, Czechoslovakia is under a communist government, and there started to be all these protests about this. And so what would happen is people would, you know, like write on this wall. And then what would happen is the police in the country then would whitewash the wall 
And then it was this, it would be this back and forth, like they'd whitewash the wall and then people the next morning would have graffiti back up on the wall and the lyrics and like just, you know, things about peace and things about like anti kind of anti-communist government type uh, stuff like that. And then the police would whitewash the wall again and it would just go back and forth. Eventually in the like end of 1989, there was um, a pro a protest. It was called the Velvet Revolution. It was a peaceful protest from the 16th of November to December 29th. And that led to the end of the one party communist government in Czechoslovakia. Pretty crazy that that happened or like the end of the communist government happened so quickly. I didn't research it a ton, but from what I've read, it seemed like it ended quickly. Like the the protest started, I think by November 20th, there was an estimated 500,000 protesters in Prague protesting, which is a crazy amount. Imagine that number of people. And then by November 24th, the entire leadership of the Communist Party resigned. So that happened, what, within a week of the protest, a little over a week of the protest starting, the the, the uh, Communist Party resigned. So that's pretty cool. So that was the end, right, of communism, essentially. And that's why it's called the Velvet Revolution. So once again, in 2014, the wall was painted over by art students to honor the Velvet Revolution. So I would imagine a lot of what you see to actually today on the wall is from those art students and then just anyone that is continuing to put up any type of art or words on, on the wall. It's interesting now that communism is starting to rise again, actually, in in the Czech Republic. I want to say when I was there, there was actually a huge rally in Wenceslas Square, one of the nights for one of the uh, potential political candidates. I don't know if it's the current president, if that was him who was who was campaigning, but it was interesting to see because it, it definitely had a weird vibe to it. Just it, it it felt very tense. There was a tension in the air that night and it and there was a ton of police everywhere. So that was a interesting thing to experience personally. Next recommendation, Old Town Bridge Tower and Charles Bridge. Like I said before, Charles Bridge is one of like the main kind of attraction points of Prague. That's something I'm sure plenty of people have seen. There's 30 statues of saints and patron saints of the Czech Republic along on both sides of the bridge it's a very very unique bridge it's extremely cool you're gonna see tons of people taking pictures on or against the statues there's tons of homeless people also along the bridge which was weird this is the first time i've ever in my life seen homeless people actually asking for money where they're giving off a very humble facade and I actually ended up asking one of my tour guides about this because I had never, like I said, I'd never seen homeless people asking for money this way. They had, they were on their knees and they were kind of hunched over as if they were bowing on the ground and they had their hands out in front of them and their heads down. And I had never seen homeless people like that before. So I asked them, like, is there any specific reason why the homeless people here are essentially begging like that as opposed to like the normal way right where you just like usually they're sitting down or whatever and they just have like a cup out in front of them and she said no i think it's just because they're trying to appear more humble so 
that was kind of like a, a bummer to me because I thought there was going to be some cool reason for why they're doing it, right? And it just was like, oh, they're just trying to take more advantage of you by appearing that way. So that was uh, that was weird. But so Old Town Bridge Tower, when you're walking across Charles Bridge to Old Town, this isn't the Prague Castle side. This is the other side. When you get to the end of the bridge, if you turn to your right, you're going to see a door. And if you go through that door and you walk all the way up, you can pay to go to the very top of the tower on the bridge and from there you can see a pretty nice view of the lesser quarter and Prague castle and then of the bridge as well i think one of my photos is actually from one of my photos on my instagram of Prague is actually from that view so it's a really great view to get a unique photo of Prague. i think you can go for the sunset actually it's still open at that time so if you want a sunset photo you can do it at that time i think at the time of me posting that photo like that's one of my more successful photos actually on my instagram which i was really surprised about because i it was one of those photos where it's like oh i don't think this is going to be that popular but it was so people really like that one the third place you need to go and this is the must go-to place if you're gonna go anywhere you go here in Prague it's Prague Castle. Prague Castle is the largest castle in the world which is crazy to really think about especially after having been there. You get great views of the city from up there. There is St. Vitus Cathedral that's on the castle grounds as well so if you're looking for that cathedral then don't be afraid like don't worry that's it's on the castle grounds as well that's included in the whole um, castle experience the cathedral is very grand it's a pretty breathtaking cathedral to be honest and then also golden lane if you look that up as well if that's something you want to visit that's also on the castle grounds and that's towards the end of the tour fourth place i'd recommend petrin tower this is basically a mini eiffel tower you'll see it look on the lesser quarter side up to your left whenever you're on the charles bridge or if you're in the the tower you will see the petron tower up in the mountain area this is another place great views of the city cool little photo you will need to take an uber or the tram to get up there you climb just you, you know you pay for it you climb to the top i was scared that day thought I was going to die. There was a, a snowstorm the day I went. So climbing the tower, it's a lot of it is outside still like you're climbing, but you're exposed to the elements, right? So the wind was very, very strong. And I thought that the tower was going to be blown down and collapse because it was, it was, it was pretty brutal. Honestly, you can, you can go outside at the very top. There's a kind of a balcony type area. There's a 360 panoramic view at the top. They also, on the lesser levels, you can't go outside, but you can still see the views, but uh, there's glass. So the photos aren't as great as you can get if you actually go outside. So that was kind of a bummer for me because it was snowing so heavily that I couldn't really go outside and it was freezing too. So I just had to work with the glass and take photos through that. Fifth thing to see is the astronomical clock tower. That's in Old Town Square. It's not the biggest deal. I do think you can actually climb it. So definitely look into that. When I went though, it it was under construction. So 
there was no way of one viewing it or two going up it. So look into that to see if you can actually climb it because I think that would be another cool thing to uh, go to the top and see the view of the old town square. The last thing you can do, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend, but it is a popular part of Prague is the Jewish quarter. I didn't end up going to the Jewish quarter. I did walk to it, but when I got there, I saw that you had to actually pay to get in. And then for the different synagogues and the, the cemetery there, I think you also have to pay individually for each one of those things. So I just didn't think it was worth it. And from what I've read online, a lot of people also say it's not really worth going to, or at least it's not worth paying to go to. So unless that's part of your heritage and you, you know, you want to actually see it, I don't necessarily think it's something you need to go see. But like I said, it is one of the um, more popular or more most talked about attractions in Prague. So there's my six sites there isn't a ton to see, in my opinion, in Prague. I feel like Prague, it's more of there's a lot of hidden gems, but there's not a ton of attractions. So that's kind of nice because it's not overwhelming by any means. Next, we have transportation. So I didn't actually really use any of the transportation in Prague. Prague's small enough to where you can literally walk everywhere. The only two places I wouldn't walk to are the Prague Castle and then the Petron Tower, just because they're pretty far away and they're uphill. So don't wanna deal with that. Here's your transportation options. You have the Metro, the bus, the tram, Ubers and taxis. I think I ended up taking three Ubers in total, two of them to and from the airport and then one up to Petron Tower. And then I took a tram up to Prague Castle but other than that, I just walked everywhere. Like I walked down from Petron Tower and I walked down from Prague Castle, if I remember correctly, which is actually, I don't know. I don't know why I did that, honestly. That's pretty crazy to do. So <laughs> I don't recommend that either. As far as taxis go, there's a lot of scams that go on in Prague with the taxis, whether that's them bumping the meters or them overcharging you. I think best to avoid taxis you can just use Uber if you want to take a car. And then also the transportation system in general, although I didn't really use it, it is um, very well constructed and it is one of the better transportation systems from what I've read as well in Europe. Definitely take advantage of that. If you would like, as far as tickets go for the public transportation, all the tickets you can get, they work for all modes of transportation. So they'll work for the metro, they'll work for the bus, they'll work for the tram. You can get a 30 minute pass or a 90 minute pass. Both those passes, you can use unlimited transportation within that time period. So you can go from like tram to bus, bus to metro, metro to bus, bus to tram, whatever it is, you can do whatever. As far as the cost goes for that, for adults, it's a little bit over a dollar. And then for kids age 6 to 15 it's 50 cents so it's really cheap for the 30 minute pass kids that are under the age of 6 get free transportation so that's nice if you have little kids the 90 minute pass is a dollar 40 for adults and then 70 cents or so for the kids 6 to 15 your other options for the tourists out there if you're going to stay for an extended period of time, there's also options there as well, but there is a 24-hour pass and there's a three-day pass. 
The 24 hour pass is a little under $5 for adults and then it's half the price of that for kids 6 to 15. The three day pass is $13.68 and I don't know if there is a reduced price for kids. It might just be that's the price for whoever is getting the pass. With both those passes, you can use as much transportation as you want. It's unlimited. Use bus, tram, metro, whatever you want. Don't worry about it. And then there's also month passes and passes that go beyond that amount of time for like actual residents. So if you're going to stay there a month, you're going to be there a longer period of time, then that's an option as well. I don't think it's that expensive. Transportation is pretty cheap. In Prague, as far as the general tips go for Prague, for the English speakers, you're not going to have any problem with speaking English. Pretty much everyone I interacted with spoke English, so I didn't have any trouble. The only people that didn't speak English from my experience there were the Uber drivers that I had. It wasn't a big issue by any means. As far as the currency goes, it's the Czech crown. And don't quote me on this because if you listen to this in 10 years and the dollar is worth nothing and the currency conversion isn't the best at that point, don't blame me. But at the time that I'm recording this, November 5th, 2018, the Czech crown is currently, it's $22.67 for $1. So one US dollar converts to $22.67 in Czech crowns. Some hotels and restaurants accept euros, but I would just go with Czech crowns. That's what I used the whole time. I didn't test the euro theory. Number three, research and plan your trip. I mean, clearly that's an obvious tip right? But I felt like Prague had a lot more to offer. But because I didn't plan it, because it was a spur of the moment thing, I feel like I missed out on some things. And Prague is one of those cities that I actually would like to go back to because of that. I would like to go back and see if there is other things that I missed out on. Number four, as far as Prague Castle goes, I took a guided tour and I didn't really feel that it was worth it. This is my general opinion really of all guided tours is that most of them aren't worth it. I'd say probably 90% of the time it's not worth it in terms of the tour guide teaching you about the history of the place. It's very rare what you'll actually get a really good tour guide. And then also think of if you're actually going to remember what the tour guide said, like I'm thinking right now, like, oh, Prague Castle, do I remember anything? And the answer is nope. I remember absolutely nothing other than it was it's the largest castle in the world. That's all I remember. So is it really worth a tour there or a tour in general? I don't think so. I think the tour like is only worth it. A guided tour is only worth it when you can skip lines. That's really the only time I would take a guided tour unless it's just something that you're so, so pumped up to see that you want to learn about the history. I don't recommend a tour. If the guided tour is the same price as the normal entrance fee to Prague Castle, then I would say take the guided tour because what the heck, why not? But if... You can just get in for a cheaper price. I would just go yourself. The tour was two and a half hours and I felt pretty rushed because we were in a group. We didn't really get to stop and really look at everything. And I would have definitely liked more time to do that. The tram ticket as well up to Prague Castle was included in the price of the tour. If you do want to take a tour or you're interested in the tour I did, it's 
a tour through Get Your Guide. That's a popular website for tours. And if you just type in like two and a half hour Prague Castle tour, that's probably the one I took. Quickly, for anyone that does actually want to take a tour, what ended up happening is we met at Charles Bridge. We walked across it. She told us um, about you know the history of the statues and stuff like that. And then we all took the tram up to the castle. You go on the castle grounds. You look at everything. You go into the cathedral. You look at that. And then you go to the Golden Lane afterwards. But Golden Lane, is it's just like a, it's a street with all these houses. And it, it, it kind of mimics, you know, like the history of like what a house looked like in the, the olden days of the Czech Republic. And then they have, you know, like knight's armor and things like that. Some really cool things. But that's something you do on your own. You don't do that as a part of the tour. That's separate. But it is included because you're already on the castle grounds. So don't need to worry about that. Another tip for Prague Castle, and I don't know if this is a yearly thing, but after you go through Golden Lane, as you're walking out, kind of like you're headed in that direction, there are all of these different carts these wagons set up and it's all just different traditional czech food they have the treadlenicks they have hot dogs they have types of sandwiches just all these different things they have waffles i ended up eating i think four or five different carts in that place and i would say don't waste your money the food wasn't good at all so if you're planning on you know maybe eating a lunch or an early dinner at these carts like you had your you know your tour at Procast and you think oh this would be a good place to eat for the day i definitely don't recommend doing that just get a snack if anything if you want a treadlenick or some type of dessert i get that but as far as the food goes it's really not that great compared to like the restaurant so definitely don't waste your money it's also pretty pricey as you know for what you're getting so stay clear of those i'm warning you now so the john lennon wall as you can imagine during the day it's super crowded there's tons and tons of people it's really hard to get a photo because the walls essentially covered with just tons of people it's more of a people wall rather than like graffiti and all this stuff like that i wanted to see the wall without any of the people and i ended up going at 8 p.m to the wall to just check it out and see if anyone was there and i really wanted to get a picture of it but it was kind of hard to get a picture honestly because of the the it being night and then also there aren't really any street lights near the wall at all which is weird to me so it was really difficult to get a good photo but i was there by myself literally no people just me at 8 p.m which is early it's not bad at all right and definitely do that if you want to appreciate the wall and you're not just looking for that photo like a tourist be a traveler don't be a tourist really appreciate the wall because there is some cool graffiti that you can see the john lennon wall as i should probably mention is on the lesser quarter side and then did i mention for the other stuff the astronomical clock is in old town the jewish quarter is in old town and then yeah i mentioned everything then at that point so we're golden with that if you are in need of toiletries cosmetics snacks medicine first aid there's a chain store in prague it's called dm so just search dm store 
in your maps and you can find everything you're going to need at one of these stores. From what I saw, the small supermarkets don't have any of this stuff. It's mostly just food. So that is an option if you need anything, if you forgot anything when you were packing. Number seven tip, walk everywhere if you are capable because Prague is a place where there are many different things that are little hidden gems and things you can discover. And like I said before, it's a pretty small city, so it is absolutely possible to walk everywhere, minus, like I said, the castle and Petron Tower. Those are the only two times you're really going to need to take some type of transportation. Also, Prague is a very beautiful city. It's one of the most beautiful cities in Europe. Like I said, it's known as a fairy, ta fairy tale city. It has that whole look and feel to it. Cobblestone streets. It has the red roofing, the castle, the river with the, the Charles Bridge. It's just an absolutely gorgeous place. So walking around it is just, it's, it's really nice to walk around and just see everything from ground level instead of just constantly driving around. Here's a new tip I'm going to add. I don't know if I'm going to start doing this every time, but I thought maybe this would be helpful. So if you're looking for a prepaid SIM card for your travels, maybe you have some type of plan from back home that allows you to go out of the country and have data who knows. But if you are looking for a prepaid SIM, your options are T-Mobile, a company called O2 and then Vodafone. Based on everything that I've seen from researching the data plans, it looks like T-Mobile's probably your best bet as far as price goes. They have a 1.5 gigabyte, 3 gigabyte, and 10 gigabyte phone plan. They also have 24-hour data plans if you want that or pay-as-you-go options if you're not looking for that much data. A 1.5 gig plan is $8.79 a month in US dollars. Uh, 3 gig is $13.19 and then 10 gig is $22. So that's really cheap, honestly. And these are month-long plans, but I mean, even if you're going to be there for a week, let's say, to spend that much money for all that data and not have to worry about like really you know, being conservative with your data, I think that's definitely worth it. I mean, me personally, I always like to use my Google Maps to get everywhere or look things up, look up restaurants, things like that, use the internet. Like I really rely on that. So to have that much data is really useful. I'd stay clear probably of Vodafone. The pricing gets a little gets a little up there. The 10 gig plan is $35. And then for O2, their 1.5 gigabyte plan, which is the only one that I saw, that's another 30-day plan. That's 13.24. So, like I said, T-Mobile is your cheapest option. Vodafone is in the airport, so that is convenient. But I wouldn't get a data plan from there unless you're willing to spend that much money. And then, as far as T-Mobile goes, just look for a T-Mobile store somewhere in Prague. I don't know specifically if they have one in the airport. I don't remember, but you will be able to find it in the city. So. Do that if you want a SIM card. One of the cool things too about the prepaid SIM cards in Europe is that for a lot of the companies, I'd say most of them actually, I know T-Mobile is one of them, there's no roaming charges throughout the rest of Europe. So let's say you ended up buying one of those month-long plans at T-Mobile in Prague, you could go to a different country in Europe and you'd still have that data to use in that new country. So it would end up being worth it. 
let's use me as an example really fast, which was what I did in Prague and why I didn't need another SIM card. I got a SIM card in London and I was able to use that SIM card in London for a lot of the country, other countries I went to in Europe without any roaming charges. But what ended up happening was because I wasn't actually living in London and I wasn't going back to that zone, the, the company of the... <laughs> The SIM card I had, it basically gets to a point where if you're out of the country where you originally got the SIM card, if you're out of the country for a certain period of time, it starts charging you roaming fees. And so because I wasn't going back to London, I eventually had to get start getting new SIM cards with the countries I was going to because then it was going to give me roaming fees, right? So it does work for a certain amount of time. It is unfortunate if you are like from the US, for example, right? And you're traveling all over Europe, you will eventually have to start getting new SIM cards. But if you're from, you know, like, let's say an England or uh, an Italy, right, and you get a SIM card, and maybe you travel for a month, you can just use your SIM card from your country and use the data and then you go back to your country and you can rinse and repeat and it's fine. But for me, that wasn't the case being from the US. So keep that in mind. Another tip, I don't know if I ever mentioned this in my other travel podcasts I've done, but if you don't have Google Trips as an app, definitely get that. That's a must-have app. You have all these different itineraries that are created for you based on what you want to do. So what happens is this app, they have all the popular attractions in a country, and then it gives you like the times they're open. Sometimes it tells whether or not they're crowded, and then it'll tell you like where it is and everything like that, and it syncs up with your Google Maps, which is nice. And then they'll, like I said, they'll have itineraries based on like one day itineraries or three day itineraries. And then it gives you like a route, the most efficient route to see all these different things. So there's those. And then they have like the restaurant options and just all these different little cool elements to the app. Yes. So you have things to do, day plans, food and drink. You can create your own trip. So you can create your own itinerary if you don't want to use the ones that are already planned out in advance and so yes for tokyo it'll have like top spots as a tab and then stuff that you can do now and then they'll have stuff close to you and then local favorites and then all these just different tabs that kind of go along with the country so that's a very very useful app to have when you're traveling because it also saves you a lot of time with planning if you already have it all planned out for you, let's say you find something, let's say you find one of these itineraries that you really like, well, then everything's already done for you. You don't have to worry about planning the day. And that can be stressful as well sometimes, especially if you're in a place with so much to see, it can be really stressful to plan your days. So that's definitely an option. The last tip I have for you all Definitely check out the Municipal Library of Prague. One of the unique photo opportunities you have in Prague is at this library. When you walk in, there's this tunnel of books that goes straight up from the floor to the ceiling, and it has this little opening. So when you peek your head in to this opening, when you look down, there's a mirror, and then when you look up, and like to the sides, it's just all these books spiraling around. And it, like I said, it's like a tunnel. It's an optical illusion with this mirror to where when you're looking at the mirror, it makes it look like you're in this endless tunnel of books and you're just peeking your head up into it. So it's a pretty sweet photo. I actually have that photo as well on my Instagram if you want to check it out. 
to see what it looks like. It's probably one of the most unique photos that I've ever taken. And just on the, you know, the comments, everyone's like, oh, this is so cool, right? And everyone wants to know where it is. So it is a very unique photo. Check that out. When I went, there'd be no one there, right? And I'd I take the photo, I take some photos and I was trying to get the perfect photo, right? And then it's like all of a sudden a group of 25 people would show up and they'd all, you know, want to peek their head through the, the, the books and then they'd all leave, right? And then I'd have it to myself again. And then 15 minutes later, another huge group would come and look at it too. So it's not by any means a crowded place, but there are pockets of like groups that come, like huge, huge groups that come to check it out, especially people that do tours throughout the city. As far as pros and cons go, pros for me, as always, one of the things that I like most is being able to walk everywhere and Prague is a very easy city to do that. Second, pro Prague's one of the most gorgeous places in Europe. Like I said before, I'll mention it again. It's got the fairy tale vibes going on. It is especially beautiful when it is snowing. I did get some photos of it snowing, and that was just just a really breathtaking thing to experience, especially up in Petrin Tower when it was snowing, and you had the the snow on the rooftops, and then you had that river and the bridge. Oh man, such a great such a great view. It is relatively cheap in Prague. I wouldn't say it's the cheapest place in the world, but it is pretty cheap. The opportunities for photos in Prague are great. Like, I mean, the fairy tale picturesque scene, like that is just a great photo to have. And then there's so many different great views, whether it's Petron Tower, Prague Castle, going up in the Tower at Charles Bridge. There are a lot of options. You can also go up in the hills below Petron Tower. You can walk up there from the Lesser Quarter. I did that as well. And there's a great photo opportunity for getting Charles Bridge and Old Town from like a more of a, a straight on angle rather than from the side. Last pro for me was that the history of Prague was pretty interesting. I didn't know it was such a, I don't even know if it is such a religious place now, but to see all those statues of the different saints and to see how many people actually are going there for religious reasons. I wouldn't even say it's the people that live there, but it's the tourists that come. It's, it seems like a lot of them, there's a religious component to it, maybe. I thought that was fascinating because I didn't I didn't think Prague was like the super religious place. It almost seemed like I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to as far to say it was a holy city by any means, but it definitely felt like there was a pretty large religious influence to it and then just learning about Prague Castle and the different things you can see there it's all very very interesting as far as cons go I didn't really have that many cons I was struggling to come up with cons yesterday when I was thinking about Prague it almost felt like I was trying to nitpick things and then I realized that those are stupid things to say that are cons so I only came up with three it is surprising to me because I didn't think Prague was like the greatest thing ever. That seems to be the consensus of people that I've met in my travels is that they absolutely love Prague. And Prague is a very, very sought after city. It is super high up generally in terms of tourism and for all of Europe. It is a very highly, it is a very highly visited place. So cons. As always, I will forever make this a con in any place that I go. 
and I will always prefer places that aren't like this, but it is super touristy in Prague, and there were so many people, especially with it being such a small place. It, it just felt super cramped at times, which for me personally, at least it is a little bit overwhelming. Don't really like that. Another con, which isn't really a con, but I think Prague is more of a place to visit with people. I do believe that's why I didn't like it as much as I probably could have was because I was by myself. For whatever reason, I just feel like there are some cities out there that are better to visit with people than being alone. I think maybe because of the nightlife scene, I didn't really talk about this, but Prague does have a pretty big nightlife scene. I think because of that and just kind of the hidden gems Prague, Prague has to offer and the things that you can see in Prague are are things that you, you do kind of want to experience with people. It would be nice. It's not like it's so grandiose or the things are so breathtaking and amazing that you're not really thinking about the fact that you're not with anyone. Like a place like Rome, for example, you can go there by yourself and you're just blown away like every second of every day. And you're not really thinking about the fact that you're alone. But I did feel pretty lonely being in Prague, just seeing how many people were with their friends or with family it's like like traveling around so i i do think prague is a great place to explore with whether it's a friend a group of friends or going with your family i definitely recommend that and then the last con other than the aesthetics of the city itself as well as the views and then the castle i didn't really feel like there was a ton of things that just wowed me once you get the over the initial like oh my god this is such a gorgeous city and look there's the castle and the lights and the 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 bridge and the river and everything once you get over all of that there isn't much in my opinion that was like wow this is absolutely amazing like this place and this place and this place right it wasn't to me it wasn't that much of there wasn't that much of a wow factor going on so once again is that a huge con not really is they're really the only con for me. I mean, like I said, these are all personal cons and it's not, I don't know. I can't really, I can't really say it's like this, this bad place. Obviously you should visit. There is another place that I've gone to that is very similar to Prague and I thought it was way better and it is one of the hidden gems of Europe. Not many people know about it. Not a ton of people go to it. Prague definitely is the, it gets all the love and I do enjoy that that is the case because then that means I have this, I have this city I've been to where not a lot of people go and it's great and I will do an episode about that eventually but for now I'm going to keep it a secret but that, that city I went to. Like I said, very similar to Prague, maybe you can figure it out. It might have something to do with being hungry, if you know what I mean, wink, wink. With that, I think that's going to be the end of the episode. Thank you all for listening. As always, if you have any questions, my email is conjhancock at gmail.com and my Instagram is conjhancock if you want to just message me. I'd be happy to answer any questions or give you more specifics on Prague. Prague is a is a popular destination for people. So I can imagine there being hopefully a lot of interest in this episode. Please leave a review if possible. Subscribe to the podcast. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Thanks again, guys. See you next week.